Hi, I'm Malcolm Hawker, and this is the CDO Matters Podcast, the show where I dig deep into the strategic insights, best practices, and practical recommendations that modern data leaders need to help their organizations become truly data-driven. Tune in for thought-provoking discussions with data, IT, and business leaders to learn about the CDO matters that are top of mind for today's chief data officers. Welcome everybody to the first installment of the CDO Matters podcast. My name is Malcolm Hawker. I'm a former Gartner analyst and I am a former vendor, consultant, senior leader in the data management space with over 25 years of experience. The last few years, I've spoken with literally hundreds of companies uh, about their challenges related to data management. And it's what really kind of led to this podcast, which is this notion that there are a lot of very, very old problems out there around data management, um, but not very many new solutions to them, right? There is best practices, there are data strategies, there are best recommendations, and all those things are really, really important. But what we've seen in the market and what I've seen in the market is a lot of the same old, same old when it comes to recommendations and the things that the data leaders should be doing to improve their data estates. And on the CDO Matters podcast, what we want to focus on is new and innovative ways of solving some of those old problems. So if you've come to this podcast to, to, to hear some finger waving about how you need to improve your data quality or how you need to focus on being more business driven, this probably isn't the best podcast for you. But if you've come for insights around new ways, innovative ways, potentially even irreverent, maybe entertaining ways of solving some of those old problems, then you're in the right place. And that is exactly why, as guest number one, we are talking to this gentleman right here, Mr. Scott Taylor, none other than the data whisperer, who, in my opinion, is the master storyteller in the place, but is a great first guest to have because of your different way of focusing on solving old problems. Thank you, old friend. It's great to see you. Malcolm, I'm glad always you good to be see here. you. Always, always good to see you. Another reality check, you know, CDOs and MDM, if you're a chief digital officer looking for mobile device management, you're also in the wrong place. Yeah, so also in the wrong place. You know, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good example of the terminology problem we deal with in the space. Yeah, indeed. So a little bit of a of a history in the, in the go back machine here. Scott and I go back what like four or five years. Probably probably longer. At this yeah, point. probably a little bit longer at this point. It feels and, that way. Yeah, and, and 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 Scott and I were kind of like Sonny and Cher, uh, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel, uh, pret- pret- we'll pit, potentially. We'll pick a, yeah, a, a duo. Yeah. yeah, we were definitely a duo. Yeah, we so were a duo at a, pre- at a previous company, and our job was to literally travel the world and to spread kind of the data evangelism of the value of uh, third-party reference data in this case. But it was really about the value of better ways of managing your data. Yeah, it was foundational stuff around making sure all those piece parts in all those core domains were as strong as they needed to be to enable the rest of the business. And reinforcing that with some very basic principles that I think were universal. By the time we were done, we definitely validated the fact that no matter what kind of company it was, no matter what country it was, and we went to plenty of them across many different continents, these challenges at the enterprise data management were, if not identical, they were more the same than they were different. Right, right. And that's one of the things that, 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 that I carried forward into future roles, uh, particularly in my role with, with Gartner, was, was understanding that a lot of these problems are the same. But again, what I was seeing was a lot of the same old 
solutions for the problems and, and people still struggling with using the same old solutions, right? The same old thou shalts do this. And the thing that I kind of love the most working with you is, is, is that every day I would learn a slightly different perspective, a different term, a different nugget that was actionable in a way that was never previously actionable for me as a data leader coming into my previous position. So I learned the importance of consistency of message. I learned the importance of having a message in a way that resonates with business leaders. But I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. In your, in your mouth. What are the things that, th that, that, that lead you to be successful? It was that, it was, you know, being able, you know, I think I'm a natural storyteller. Yep. It was really trying to draw on that storytelling aspect of the data space, the part of the data space that we're in, you know, ended up out of all those travels, really validating and honing down a core set of messages that I codified in the book that I ended up writing as my COVID project, Telling yep. Your Data Story, Data Storytelling for Data Management, 99% buzzword free. I didn't want to overpromise, so you got to make sure. Uh, Still, one one buzzword the, in one, there. It, it's Maybe going to end up in there somewhere. Yeah. But this idea that you had to be able to create a compelling narrative that the business would understand, so they could really support and literally fund the work that was so important in the data management space. Right. Right. So, if I'm a CDO and I am trying to get a senior business leader to uh, fund my initiative or to support the things that I'm doing, what are the two or three things that you would recommend to that person to focus on? You know, I'll start with some of the stuff you don't want to do. Don't start with how you're going to do it. Don't start with your technical implementation. Don't start with, here's our new set of software or data mesh or data fabric, or whatever that's going to be. Don't start with all these kind of buzzword you know, data bubble, things that we tend to be really proud of in the data space right. because it's how we did it. Start with the why. So start with why managing data is of strategic importance to your enterprise. Yep. Understand that to your core before you even go in and waste the time with the business side, which means as a data leader, you need to understand your business, understand what your business does, why it's important, the kind of players you deal with, the market you're in, the dynamics of your category, the way you distribute your product, the kind of customer base you deal with, the, all these different piece parts that make up the rest of the business and get fluent in that so then you can apply where data will help. And those, da those, those business problems, we know that many of them can be solved by just plain old having better data put in the right place. But wrapping that up in a narrative, wrapping that up in more of a formal storyline, literally, if you're looking for funding, it's gonna be a pitch. Yep. You're gonna go in to try and convince somebody of the benefits of what you have to offer. That close is gonna be, we need to fund this. Right, and we need stakeholder commitment, and we need to get the um, you know the business rank and file to change the way they operate around some things, so we make sure we have better data and it's protected, and so on. But you got to be able to put all that stuff together in a really kind of pithy, snappy, impressive-sounding, compelling narrative, because you're competing with everybody else. Right. You're competing with marketing who's looking for money too, and they know how to tell the story. You're competing right. with sales who's looking for funding, and believe me, they know how to tell the story, right? right. You're competing with finance who already has everybody's backup and goes, no, that's not worth it, yep. by the way they look at things. 
So you've got to touch on where your business is going. Listen to your own business stories, the way your, your leadership talks about where the business is going and, and, and map that, connect that to the value you're going to bring out of data management. Right. So that's a don't rely on buzzwords. Right, I didn't answer your question. So what right. should you do? Yeah, right. So right. Right. So I, I think a simple way to think about it is 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 this framework that I came up with called the three V's of data storytelling. A little yep. bit of a play on the three V's of big data, but it's vocabulary, voice, and vision. So vocabulary, you want to get the nomenclature right. The terminology you use is really important. Use business-oriented words. Use the words that everybody else in the organization will already understand. Um, articulate it in a way that 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 literally makes sense. You want to harmonize that that story to a common voice. Harmony doesn't mean everybody sings the same notes, but it does mean they sound good together. So you all have in your data department, if you want to call it that, a common understanding and a, and a similar way to describe the value and, and, and the initiative. And then you want to point it at your business vision. Again, how does this work enable the, the strategic intentions of your enterprise? Where is your business trying to go? And why does managing data help it get there? That's different than, you know, what's your data vision, right? Right, Or your data strategy. It's the business strategy. And you can get a lot of those clues if you're looking for where to find that out. Look at your annual report. Listen to what your leaders say. If you're a public company, look at your investor day presentation. That's one of my favorite places to go to look at what the visionary aspects of a company is about. Because, you know, you've got your business leaders in game day uniform all set up and say, here's where we're going to go. Yep. N nowhere in there are they ever going to say, and one of the big initiatives in this company is better data quality. It's not going to happen. But having better data is going to enable those things. And right. it's your job as a data leader to, to connect those dots. you got to connect those data dots. So a lot of this has to do with storytelling, quite obviously. Uh, do you think that storytellers are born or can they be made? I think everybody's a born storyteller. I think everybody can tell some form of story. They've got to, right? To be human, to be successful in business, no matter what, you've got to be able to convince somebody the benefits they have to offer, articulate some kind of need, express uh, uh, what happened as an anecdote. We all know how to tell stories. Yep. So I think everybody's a born storyteller in there somewhere. Everybody likes to say everybody's got a story to tell. Yep. You've got to hone it, though. There's a lot of craftsmanship. It's not all art. There's some science in there around the craft of storytelling. Yep. And it's different than just sharing an anecdote off, you know, across the kitchen table with the rest of your family. Right. You're going to be standing up in front of your board. You're going to be up and, you know, in front of the whole sales team who's wondering yep. why they're even spending time with you. So you've got to learn that craft. You know, as part of my background, you know, certainly collegially, I spent a lot of time in dramatic arts. I learned a lot of things in that discipline that I pull on still every day. Yeah. And, and you know, knowing sight lines, knowing how to use your voice, knowing timing, understanding some form of stagecraft. All those things help. You don't right. have to go off and be an actor, but you should have some understanding of the basic disciplines of storytelling. There's a few other things that really jump out to me. So I, I, I know Scott to be one of the best, if not the best, storyteller that, that I've, I've ever met. 
And I've listened to his story many times. And as a matter of fact, I, I can recall in my sleep uh, hearing some of his stories be, over, be, 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 be played over and over you again. You did have to sit through them all yes, every time. Yes, yes. yes. He, he has a grandfather that spent time in Texas. I know yes, about that. I, I, yeah, I, I know plenty of the stories. But there's a few things here that go beyond just the script and the act and the stagecraft. And you've got it. And, and I think that th these are lessons here for CDOs as well. Uh, one of them is vulnerability. And, and I've heard you say over and over, you know, I'm not a data manager, right? I'm not a data engineer. I, I couldn't, I can't, I don't know how to build a data model, although you probably could. Um, but that makes you vulnerable, right? So if you're in front of a large group, particularly of technology folks, you say, you know, I, I, here are the things that I can't do, but I do know that 20 versions of 7-Eleven is a bad thing, hmm. right? So vulnerability is one thing that, that you didn't say, but I will say on your behalf is there. Another thing that is really, really important that, that you ooze is authenticity, right? You, 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 you are you. I walked away every time I heard you speak and at the beginning wondering, wait a minute, is that the same guy off the stage as he is on the stage? And the answer is yes. Yes, he's the same guy, right? Yes, he's the finger puppet guy. He's the guy the, the, the telling bedtime, bedtime, bedtime story guy. Uh, but there's an authenticity there that is palpable with you. And I think that those two things are kind of being vulnerable and being authentic. And lastly, being passionate, right? You actually believe the things you're saying. This is not just a script that, that you're delivering as a part of an act, but you actually believe these things. So I would layer those things on as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, I would say, if you asked me, you didn't, but I'm telling you, the keys to your success. So how do you react to some of the things I just said? As, as usual, you know me really well, Malcolm. So having traveled the world with you, we got to know each other pretty well. But that passion part, I'd even start with. You People right. feel that. They understand that. Nobody's right. going to get have this sort of Taylor's law of energy. Nobody's going to get more excited about something that you talk about than you. Right. So you've got to come in there with that passion and that energy that says, this is important. Now, you've got to modulate it based right. on your... Your, your audience, you don't want to be too over the top, and you know, but, but if you come in and go, yeah, we should do this thing with the data, it's like, who cares? Right. If you don't care, I don't care. Right. And, you know, and, and, and I've worked with CEOs who look for that, right? They look, how, much does, how much does this person even care about this? You know, I, I, I worked for a CEO who told me, I always say no the first time. And I wondered, well, why are you giving why? me your trip? He's like, because I want to see how you're going to come back. Are you going to come back and fight for it? Are you really believe in it, even if I think it's a good idea? And again, I was pleased that he, you know, told me his secret move there because right. I'd always come back a second. Time. Right. But you know, they're not playing tricks with you, but they are looking for that, and you are competing with a lot of different initiatives at an organization, and you've got to be able to stand out. Plus, as a leader, you've got to be able to inspire your own team to realize the importance of what they right. do. And that's not always easy if you're, you know, a lowly data steward out there just, you know, unduplicating, right. you know, the, uh, uh, a bunch of uh, um, data, data records in a queue. Why is this important to the rest of the organization? Why right. am I even doing this? So, you've, you know, it plays on both sides. But that's what lead, part of what leaders do is they help inspire folks to do, you know, go beyond. And that comes from a passion. That comes from authenticity. That comes from showing your vulnerability. That comes from empathy and all those other, you know, those are all pretty soft skills, right. if you ask me. So Yeah. No, they're incredibly soft skills, but, but at the same time, difficult to hone. But what I'm hearing you say is they can most certainly be learned. They're all there. We are all, you know, uh, making drawings on the cave wall, as it were, um, and we're all capable of that. 
uh, but it's a skill that you can own. Uh, and and nobody, to, nobody better to learn from uh, than, than right here. What about the notion of data culture, right? What, what, what do you think when you hear people say, well, we, we need to change our, our, our culture uh, to be more data driven? I, I, think it's, I think it's probably true. I just wonder how well that plays to the business side. So you've got, again, you've got a bunch of folks coming in and saying, this is what we need to do to help the organization make it better. And they're from marketing and sales and finance and, and you know, operations. And then you have data people coming in and say, we have to change the culture. I just think that that's too much to bite off. Right. Can't you just, you know, fix the quarterly reports? Right. You know, do we have to change the code? Do we have to change our whole being and the way we work? You know, yes and no, but listen to what that sounds like. That sounds like an awfully big right. thing to do. Right. So I just feel like a lot of the terms we use, you know, one of my basic premises is that one of the biggest things holding back the data space in general is the way we talk about it. The terms we use, the attitude we take, the, 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 you know, the constant need to come up with the latest buzz, you know, all these other things just inhibit the real value we bring. Right. And there isn't another group, you know, on the flip side, there's not another group in an organization that can bring value to every other part of the company. Right. You know, data can help finance, it can help sales, it can help operations, you know, horizontally. Tell me another part of the company that can literally help every part of the, the, the rest of the company. And, you know, if you've got good at MDM, you can do it with the same record. Right. So there, there, there's a lot of value we can bring. We just got to, you know, again, you know, work on the delivery. Why do, you, why do you think that is, why do you think that there is a lot of dogma out there? Why do you think that there is a lot of, uh, what I see online and, and what I see in a lot of the kind of the, the, the pundits uh, exchanging views is, is a lot of, you know, what don't you get business people, right? Data quality is important. What, what, what don't you get, right? And, 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 a, and a lot of, you know, what, what I, you know, I would call kind of a little bit of finger waving um, that's not resonating. It, it's most certainly not resonating. And, and, if, and if I'm being told I need to change the culture and the, the, what, what don't you get about data management, what don't you understand about how, data, how important data is, if I'm, if I'm managing a supply chain or if I'm selling something, well, that doesn't really resonate with me. So obviously making the message resonate with, with business leaders is key to what you're saying here, without, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it, it, it's got to break through in their language. You know, in some cases, it's going to be foreign to them. It's going to be new. It's scary a little bit, but I just feel like there's there there there's got to be a better place to to deliver in a better way to to talk about this that we get more action from from the folks that we know we can help. Right. So we know that they're in pain. That's the right. other side of it. We know they're in pain, right? Business right. people are in pain. There's problems everywhere. Every organization's got a ton of issues in all those different departments that we all know data can help and data can fix and data can change the nature of an organization. How do we get that message across in a way that's palatable and, and allows people to believe in this? Right. And we've been spending an awful long time on this, right? This right, we have been spending a long time. Of, yes. you know, this, and it's going to be this, uh, Y2K, and now we need a data mesh. I mean, just like, cycle not that those two things are connected but you know cycling through all this hyperbole 
there's got to be some cynicism on the business side. There's got to be some weariness. There's got to right. be some, like, really the latest, greatest thing again this week. What about right. the thing from last week that you right. said was going to, you know. Right. The revolution, the, ne the next big data. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, whatever the, it is. The next yeah. whatever, the next data mesh, data fabric. Right. Analytics, graph hub, fabric mesh, hybrid cloud. <laughs> implementation. Hey, thing. you said Whatever no buzzwords. You said no yeah, buzzwords. Exactly. That's what we sound like. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we sound. Sequel, no sequel, right? It's just like. Right. Right. Or graph or, or, or no graph. Reverse. Or, or AI and ML, right? I, yeah. I, I see a lot of that going on with AI and ML. I see a lot of that going on with data mesh and data fabric. It is like, well, if, if we just do these things, it's going to solve the problem, right? And don't get me wrong. Right, uh, having fantastic, very smart robots that can help automate things or make things run faster—that's probably pretty good. But there's certainly by no means a silver bullet. And any time that, that we lean towards a silver bullet, I think that we discredit ourselves. Do you agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. That just because there is no magic sort of silver bullet—it's it's working out. Okay, it's you know if you want to be a good cook, you got to have good ingredients. You got to know how to cook. You don't you know. If, you don't just buy the new Ninja Foodie, plug right. it in, set it, and forget it. Right. That's how I think some of this stuff is presented. It's one of the best metaphors that you've, you've ever given to me was this notion of data as fuel, right? Data as an ingredient and not the output. Yeah. Right? That's, this is why I don't have much of a problem with people saying, let's be data driven. Like, okay, if that's what it takes, or let's be data fueled. Oh, okay, if that's if that's what it takes. But if if to, to shift to this mindset of data as an ingredient and data as fuel and not the exhaust, that's part of the mindset. That's part of the culture shift that can happen slowly over time. But another thing that you're incredibly good at uh, that I've seen over the last that I saw when I knew you and was working with you that I've seen over the last few years is is consistency and message. Right, it is, it is, it is just boom, you boom, You just gotta boom, boil it boom, down, boom. boil it, boil it, boil it down. And for me, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, after, after years of this, I boiled down my entire data philosophy to three words. I couldn't get it less than three words. Truth before meaning. Determine the truth in your data before you derive meaning. Determining that truth comes from data management, data governance, data stewardship, MDM, RDM, PIM, DAM, you know, all those foundational piece parts before you derive meaning through business intelligence, analytics, data science, all the things that tend to get the most attention, the most disproportionate amount of, of, of heat and funding and the rest of it. But it's not chicken or egg here, it is egg and omelet. You got to have truth first before you, do, you know, get to the meaning. And we spend a lot of time on the meaning side. Right. And the how. And, and the how. And, you know, Make sure you people understand and can articulate that why before you get to the how. Because there isn't a business leader out there who's going to fund your how until they understand the why. Until yep. they believe that why. Yep. So these principles go against a lot of the natural inclinations of many folks in the data space, which are, let me show you that, you know, here's data visualization is much cooler than data governance, you know, data stewardship. And... Let me show you my latest, you know, master data model schematic, whatever it happens to be, and the latest implementation plan when people don't even know why you're doing it yet. Right, right. One of the hardest lessons I ever learned as a data leader is nobody cares about data quality. Nobody cares about data quality. It's kind of a hard, a hard fact. Now, is it important? Of course it's important. Yeah. 
But is your it's CEO, clinical. yeah, is your CEO going to fund a two million dollar initiative in order to to fix duplicate records? Well, maybe if you're a bank or if you're an insurance company, potentially. But um, is it going to be something that will shift your data culture? A message around you know dupl unduplicating your data? No, of course not. So they'll ask why. They'll say, right, okay, why? Right. So you've got to come in with that why. Why is having us, you know, an unduplicated, validated customer master critical to the future of this company and all of the customer-oriented initiatives we have yep. that they will articulate all day long as part of the, you know, their their presentation or their the the business strategy. Connect those dots, as I said. Make sure you you've got that connection and can articulate that in a really business accessible way. Yep. So a lot's changed over the last couple of years, without a doubt, goes without saying. Uh, are there any reasons to give you optimism about the data management space? Are there any reasons to walk out of the last two years and say, hey, we've got a lot to look forward to because of what I've seen? I mean, I'm a naturally optimistic guy. I say I'm, a, I'm like an empty glass is going to be full someday kind of guy. So that's, that's where I am. But I think, and I think you've, you've experienced this too, that COVID and a lot of the issues that people went through kind of was a shock to the system for a lot of organizations when they realized, oh, we've got to go into e-commerce, but our product data sucks, or we don't even have it, or we don't have the attributes, or we don't have the the, the um, product images in the right place and the right tags and all these other things that we've been preaching forever, they realize, whoa, this is really important now. We've got to have it. If, otherwise, we, you know, we're not going to be able to proceed as a business. So I feel like, I hope that the, the enterprise space has had some recognition of the long-term systemic value of a lot of these principles we've talked about. Right. And, there's a lot of things that I think people recognize aren't going back, right? You know, good right. example, you know, QR codes in restaurants, they're not going away. Right. A, a lot of these other things that people, you know, teledoc kind of, you know, telemedicine is not going away. It was like, oh, this was a lot easier. Why didn't we think right. of this beforehand? Right. And we did it because we had to do it. All that takes to have all that, it takes really well-governed, expertly stewarded, strategically reinforced, you know, master data, reference data, metadata, you gotta have it. Yep, yep. We yeah. certainly, I certainly saw that uh, in my last position, right? When, when the pandemic struck and there was a massive disruption and business leaders said, okay, we can't go this way, the way we've always gone, we need to go this way. And they turned the wheel of the ship and the ship kept going the other way. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> right. And then a lot of senior leaders figured out very quick, aha, wait a minute, it's the fuel, right? It's the data, right? It's the, we don't have the right fuel to get us from where we are to where we need to be. We need to double down on our product data, on our customer data. And that's what gives me actually a lot of optimism going forward, even in potentially uh, in an, any form of upcoming recession, because in the last small one we had in 2020, companies actually ran to data management. They didn't run away from it. They ran to it because they very quickly had to figure out ways that they could turn the ship and that they couldn't turn their ship without having that data fuel that we were talking about. You know, I, I, you know, I think data management can help change the nature of a business. It's right. that important. It's got that foundational horizontal value that, you know, give me another d 
business discipline that can do yeah, that. Indeed. Well, on that note, great place to end. Yeah. Thank you so much, my friend. Always I really, really appreciate you. it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, and thanks for everybody for listening. And I look forward to seeing you again on another episode of CDO Matters sometimes very soon. Thanks.